with just a few days left before West Bengal votes in the first phase of election, let's take a look at the major issues that has been dominating the discourse so far. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Business Line's special series on the state assembly elections. I am Nivedita Varadarajan. As you know, Assam, Tamil Nadu, Kerala, West Bengal and Puducherry go to polls in the coming months. Today, we take a look at the battleground state of West Bengal, where the TMC's Mamta Banerjee is looking to come back to power for the third time. Will she be successful or will the BJP's lotus bloom in the eastern state? Business Line's associate editor Purnima Joshi joins us to understand the major issues in the state. Welcome to the podcast, Purnima. Hi, Nivedita. There are two big issues in the uh, West Bengal elections from the TMC and the BJP's point of view. For the BJP, it is the CAA and for the TMC, it's the um, insider-outsider issue. So what's your take on it? Yes, uh, you know, let's look at the issue uh, in the sense of uh, how they frame the discourse uh, benefiting each party that is raising it. Behind every issue that is raised in an election, there is a subtext and a support base. So when the BJP makes the CAA the issue, what it is actually doing is talking the latent counter polarization on the ground because of a number of communal incidents that have happened in, uh, in uh, Bengal over the last few mm. years. Uh, and uh, also there has been a reaction, uh, a negative reaction, uh, I would say, to Mamta Banerjee's overt outreach to the Muslims, uh, you know, reading the namaz, etc. in public. Uh, so uh, the CAA is the outward expression of, uh, of the communal polarization on the ground and it, uh, it benefits uh, the BJP. It is the BJP's strong point. So that that is the party that is raising it. And some people even say that the CAA was mainly uh, targeting West Bengal elections. Mm. Uh, it was passed. Uh, whereas the insider versus outsider debate is, is, uh, is in the realm of subnationalism, uh, which is centric to Bengal, uh, which Mamta Banerjee's, uh, it is actually her strongest point because Mamta Banerjee's uh, song, strongest point right now is that she is the tallest leader in Bengal. There is no leader to match Mamta Banerjee in Bengal. And BJP's main campaigners, whether it's the Prime Minister or the uh, Home Minister or the BJP President, they have all uh, really come from outside the state. Uh, so the Prime Minister countered her yesterday, uh, you know, uh, singing the national anthem, etc. But uh, it, is, uh, it is a Bengali uh, exceptionalism that she wants to uh, sort of uh, harvest. So... Um, uh, in, uh, in what becomes the talking points, there is the story of these elections, which are basically a direct fight between Mamta and the, and the BJP. She is facing a tenure in anti-incumbency in Bengal, where, uh, you know, the structural problems of a very high rate of unemployment, deindustrialization of decades, and a very low per capita income have sort of boiled over, and uh, Mamta has not been able to, uh, to find... Uh, uh, radical or structural solutions to these problems. So BJP is sensing that it's sensing that there is a uh, there is a, there is a room for an alternative in, in Bengal, and they are uh, they are moving very steadily uh, in Bengal. So it's a polarized fight. It's polarized on religious lines. Uh, there is also caste mobilization by the BJP, which has never been done in Bengal before, and there is of course party polarization. 
basically what you're saying is the election as a whole in west bengal is a fight between mamta and bjp as you say so what led to the rise of bjp in in the state because they were not there like 10 years ago even 5 years ago they were not a significant player yes it's been a very very uh, rapid rise for the bjp uh, but you know we'll have to go slightly back uh, in uh, in bengal to uh, to trace it back to the collapse of the left actually so mm. if you go back to 2016 assembly election bjp didn't do very well in 2016 uh uh I, but you could see that the euphoria which uh, which was around mamta banerjee's victory in 2011 it had begun to already fade mm. and uh, uh the left and the congress were fighting together they had an alliance at that time but it was a very kind of disjointed league kind of fight where the left leaders wouldn't attend sonia gandhi's rallies and so on and i think there was a last rally when buddhadev bhattacharya shared the stage with sonia but overall it was a very moribund sort of an alliance but they did together if you look at their vote share they have had a combined vote share of uh, 37.9 almost 38% which is not an insignificant vote share but that wasn't enough to uh, replace mamta and she came back with a higher number of seats even though people had begun to be disenchanted with her so it was clear in uh, 2016 elections that the left was no longer an alternative or a significant political force in bengal and the, so there was the receding of the left and the bjp was resurgent everywhere they mm. all, they always had ambitions in bengal in the past they've had you know leaders like shama prasad mukherjee coming from bengal so they've had ambitions in bengal and they sensed an opportunity it progressively became they became stronger since 2016 and uh, almost peaked in 2019 with 18 seats and uh, you know uh, over 40% vote share and when you reach 40% you are in a very very poor you know in a, in a poor position in in any state uh, so uh, but if you uh, if you talk to um, to even left inclined leaders in bengal they they'll tell you that um, uh, that almost uh, one crore voters uh, i was in fact talking to somebody in the morning itself uh, today and um, yeah, there's an estimated about one crore voter uh, voters who have shifted from the left front from the, uh, to the to the bjp between 2016 and 19 these are people who voted for the left and now they say aage ram pore bam you know first ram and then uh, then the communists Uh, so there was a political vacuum in vacuum in bengal which bjp has sensed and they have moved in with characteristic uh, precision they have fanned out aggressively i mean they had a presence in north bengal uh, and there are region and uh, and now they are making strides into into the south bengal region into the Gang- uh, gangetic bengal region uh, and they're chipping off i mean they they don't have an organization on the ground but uh, i would say in this day and age you don't really need footsteps i mean you do but uh, you can make up for it with social media and the kind of resources that the bjp has the the capturing of the mass media and uh, uh, simultaneously they're literally chipping off at the tmc's leadership uh, you know so uh, so if you look at it since 2019 um an estimated about 26 tmc mlas and 2 mps have joined uh, the bjp from the tmc Uh, and they have heavyweights like like Shubhendu Adhikari, uh, you, you know, uh, who's who's fighting the chief minister herself in uh, in uh, Nandigram. Uh, yeah, and so there there are a host of local councillors, 
Dadas, the Paradadas, they they all flocking to the BJP. That's the that's the resurgent party. That's the party with resources, with money, with muscle. So what they lack, what the BJP lacks in in South and Gangetic uh, Bengals in terms of organizational strength, uh, they are making up with the strength. Uh, you know, you know the strength of their their election machinery with imports from the center and elsewhere, uh, with imports from the TMC. So BJP is put, putting up a very formidable fight in, in uh, Bengal now. Will BJP's lack of traditional, uh, you know, the, the traditional workforce uh, support in, the, uh, in Bengal, will that be, can that be substituted by TMC people coming in quickly? Because there was fight in Kolkata also, right? Because uh, pe uh, BJP workers were unsatisfied with the fact that TMC uh, workers were given uh, seats and all. Would that cause any issue? Yeah. That is that is causing uh, some problems for the BJP on the ground because uh, you know people why do people vote for the BJP is because it's presenting an alternative to to the TMC mm. and the totally companized cadre that they have on the ground uh, you know after the cyclone Amphan there have been widespread uh, reports of uh, corruption in the TMC. Uh, even the High Court has ordered a CAG audit uh, of the disbursement. Uh, of central funds after Cyclone Amphan. So uh, uh, people, and Mamta herself has admitted that some of the funds were siphoned off by Hakada. Uh, and people are upset. So if these very same people join the, join the BJP and then contest as BJP candidates, there would be some repercussions to that. But, you know, uh, uh, there would be, uh, there would be local level disenchantments and the BJPs had to change some candidates, etc. But yeah. these are, these are minor issues in an election. Uh, you know, overall, if you look at the, the 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 larger picture or the sense or the pulse of the election, I think uh, the BJP has has become very resurgent and strong uh, in Bengal. And so the party mascot and the and the uh, and the discourse matters rather than the individual candidates. Uh, uh, in my opinion, I mean, I'll I still have to travel uh, a lot in Bengal because it's a very tough fight. Mamta is a street fighter. She'll, she'll give it as good as she gets. Uh, and she is politically very, very savvy. Uh, so it's not an easy election for the BJP, but uh, they're a formidable opponent, I would say. You spoke a little bit about the TMCs, uh, uh, how Mamta's government has not been able to address the issues that face uh, the people of Bengal. What exactly is going on there? Is there an anti-incumbency force that Mamta has to contend also? If you recall, uh, I don't know if you're old enough to recall that, but, uh, uh, you know, the left was there for uh, many you know, years, 30 years. was there for 34 years. Yeah. And it's not, it's not because of nothing. Uh, mm. The left came to power in 1977 after the, uh, you know, at the back of a very, very uh, strong, violent uh, movement. Uh, where the left itself split into many uh, uh, groupings and the Noxalites uh, were resurgent then. Uh, then they came in, they, uh, they did some uh, very, very transformative la land reforms, giving mm. uh, used, uh, land use rights to the, uh, to the sharecroppers. And uh, because of that, in the 80s, uh, Bengal saw a spurt in agricultural growth. Uh, and that sustained it. The rural base of the CPM became very, very strong because of the Bargadars, uh, who were given, they were, these were sharecroppers who were given land rights. Uh, so uh, uh, that, was an, uh, that was a structural transformative 
policy measure. Now, of course, CPM's own policy direction changed in Bengal over the years, uh, in the later years of Jyoti Babu. Also, when Buddha Dev came, they, uh, they tried to address the, uh, the deep level of de-industrialization de that happened in Bengal. Uh, you know, the capital just flew out of Bengal because of uh, the labor market having become very, very um, uh, problematic uh, because of the unions and so on. He tried to address those issues, invite the industry over, which is when ironically, you know, CPM, which came, came on the back and reforms, it came, uh, it, it, it met its debacle also in, in, uh, on the issue of land in Singur and Nandigram. Yeah. So uh, Mamta came uh, then and there was a lot of euphoria around her, but she couldn't find, she didn't have a radical solution to Bengal's structural problems. Um, uh, you know, she has, so she's, she's adopted some of the distributive justice and populist welfare policies of the CPM, but they haven't come to a, a kind of satisfactory uh, solution for, for the people. Uh, for instance, you know, some of the issues of unemployment, uh, which is very, very heavy in, in Bengal, it's had the effect of revealing the gap between the demand and the supply. For instance, you know, in, nine, in 2017, the government advertised uh, um, uh, for the recruitment of 6,000 Group D personnel. And they received uh, some 24.68 lakh uh, applications. That is the level of unemployment. Yeah. So, so Mamta is a lot of anti-incumbency. There's a lot of disenchantment, not just because of uh, her uh, her uh, policies, but also because of the cadre which has got very lumpenized over the years. So people are upset with the uh, with the with the local uh, leaders. Although Mamta herself is not so unpopular. So there is a, finally, I want to talk to you about the third player here, the left and the Congress combined. What role do they have? Their campaign is not that big. It's not catching our attention like TMC's or the BJP's campaign. What's happening with that camp? And are they a force in this election or is this a distant third? I think it's a very distant third. Okay. That, uh, although the left has done well to pick up some, uh, I mean, I was talking to Sita Ram Yuchuri and he was talking about how uh, you know, there was this discourse that uh, secular forces should combine uh, mm. in Bengal in the sense that uh, left Congress Central fight together against the BJP. Although in reality, the idea of the left coming together with the Trinamool is slightly uh, it's incomplete. Weird. It's like DMK and ADMK yeah. fighting an election together. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that. So, but the Congress could have done uh, tactically then better. Uh, in aligning with the, with the Trinamool Congress. And I think both Congress and Trinamool would, would lose out because of that. So far as the left is concerned, they have, uh, they have changed a lot in the sense they've, they've tried to put a fresh face. You know, they've, 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 there's the former JNUSU president, Aishik Ghosh, who's fighting. There's the DYFI leader, Meenakshi Mukherjee, Srijan Bhattacharya, Shoyandeep Mutra. Uh, there is uh, um, Deep Sitadhar and so on. But the problem with the left is that they've lost their support voice to the BJP in uh, Bengal. And they're not promising anything, anything structural or radical in Bengal. Now, if you talk to, uh, talk to the left leaders, talk to Sitaram or somebody, they'll tell you that the TMC has unleashed so much repression and 20,000 of their cadre has had to flee the state, etc. But this is nothing in comparison to the scale of violence that the left uh, had to face in the 1970s at the hands of the Congress. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a whole generation of people was uh, wiped out in that, but they came out victorious from uh, from that struggle because they had a transformative agenda. They had they had uh, 
they had a policy orientation which uh, which attracted students and even the Bhadralok at that time uh, and the peasantry, of course, because of their uh, land reforms agenda. So, uh, so the left is now very depleted, uh, sort of distant third kind of uh, of uh, force in Bengal, and uh, I don't think uh, that will make uh, much difference. Uh, this is basically a, a, a direct fight between uh, the BJP and the TMC at the moment. What will happen if the BJP fails to win in this election this time around in West Bengal? What what happens to them? Because they're fielding uh, big candidates like Babul Supriyo, Swapandas Gupta and others and uh, Suvendu Adhikari, who they got from the TMC. What will happen to the BJP if they lose the elections? Well, I don't think BJP has anything to lose, actually. Uh, you know, they started for, from the point of uh, Zilch in Bengal. If mm. you look at the BJP, it has become, uh, under Amit Shah particularly, it has become a very comfortable election machinery. They're constantly on the election mode. Mm. Uh, and uh, they fight every panchayat election. Look at what they did in Telangana. Uh, local Central body. ministers came and con- uh, uh, campaigned there. Yeah, yeah. So BJP fights to win. And Bengal, they know, uh, is uh, is important because there is a sense that the BJP is uh, uh, is losing out in some of the northern states, uh, you know, in Punjab and Haryana, definitely because of the farm movement, also some parts of the Uttar Pradesh. So they would like to make inroads into uh, into the eastern states, especially uh, Orissa and Bengal. Yeah. But in this election, the more ground they they cover, the better it is for them. And mm. even if I mean, even the way they are fighting. Even if we, if they come close to uh, forming a government or cross hundred, hmm. I would give them. I mean, uh, a lot of opinions that they took this. Uh, there is the Times now poll today, which is giving BJP hundred and ten seats, yeah. which I think is a performance from a party which has started from really uh, very little support on the ground. I mean, they built up uh, on the two thousand nineteen uh, mandate, which is quite credible, I think. And what will happen to the TMC if they lose the elections? What's at stake for Mamta? Uh, this is for TMC. It's a it's a it's a, it's a crisis of uh, identity and existence. After that, uh, they are looking at uh, a center which is and uh, Mamta has uh, her party has practiced a lot of uh, violent, very very repressive measures in Bengal, especially against the BJP cadre. Also, be left. Yeah. Course. Uh, but BJP is as a government at the center, and they don't forget uh, uh, these things. So uh, for Mamta and Hakada, and you must remember that it's a very personality-centric uh, party, which doesn't have a committed Kada uh, vote, uh, like the BJP or even the left. Mm. And look at what happened to the left in Bengal. For her, it's a crisis of identity and survival after this. What happens to the uh, uh, opposition nationally because they're counting on TMC in West Bengal and DMK in Tamil Nadu to show that they can also win elections? What will happen if well, uh, TMC loses? Yeah, West Bengal loss would, would be very bad for the morale of the opposition overall. Hmm. Uh, although I think uh, um, uh, if you look at the two southern states, uh, there the opposition is uh, is likely to do, do well. Kerala, yeah. whether it's the CM or the Congress, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win-win there. Uh, so it is in Tamil Nadu, I believe, uh, that uh, that DMK is slated to, to, to do well. If TMC wins in Bengal, uh, then BJP is left with one state, which is Assam, where also it's a tough election, although 
uh, I'm given to understand that the BJP uh, is uh, is doing well in Assam. Yeah, they have a government. They have a very good uh, um, uh, uh, party machinery. Also, good ministers like Himanta Biswa Sarma, who have done well with their very aggressive welfareism in, in Assam. So, although uh, arithmetically, uh, it's uh, it's a tough election for the BJP in Assam. Uh, they're supposed to be doing quite, quite well there. Yeah. Uh, so, but Bengal is important uh, uh, for the morale of the BJP, definitely. Uh, but it's an existential question for Mamta and for the overall positioning of the opposition. There are three big things that you have to remember when thinking about West Bengal. The first one is that this is a contest between Mamata Banerjee and the BJP. The second one is that even if the BJP doesn't win but gets more than 100 seats, it has made significant inroads in a state in which it did not have a major presence just five years ago. And the third big takeaway is that this is a prestige battle for the opposition parties. If the TMC fails to win the election, it could severely impact the agenda that the opposition wants to push nationally. Thank you for joining us today. We'll come back with another episode next week. Until then, this is Nivedita signing off.